Hey, Jacob's World Podcast. So glad that you checked us out this week. We are in our series, Turning the World Upside Down. We're walking through the Gospel of Luke. And once again, I am just amazed at how God has got us right where we need to be in the Scriptures to face the challenges and the opportunities we have before us during these crazy times. Thanks for checking us out. Hey, Jacob Swell, thanks for joining us online this week. I want to begin with a word of prayer. Let's pray this wonderful, beautiful, ancient prayer, asking God to hear our prayers. Will you pray with me? Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you. We give you thanks. We praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you've taken away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. You're seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayers. For you alone are the Holy One, and you alone are the Lord, and you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, and the glory of God the Father. Amen. You know, I love that ancient prayer. It's one I use a lot in my own prayer life, because it's a calling to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to hear our prayers. And right now, we really want God to hear our prayers. It's been a pretty intense season and a pretty intense week since we were together last weekend for worship in church. And I'm amazed, you know, we're in this series in Luke where we've been talking about um, the world being turned upside down by Jesus. And it sure feels like that, right? That the world is being turned upside down. And it's been kind of a scary week for a lot of people. And I just want to acknowledge that. I just want to take a minute to, to just say that if, if you're having a week where you're just feeling, you know, some anxiety, we want to bring that to God in prayer this week. You know, maybe for you it's, I'm afraid of getting sick, or I'm afraid of my kids getting sick, or, or I'm afraid of losing my job. And maybe some of you have lost your job and you're, you're trying to make sense of that. I just want to acknowledge that that's out there. Maybe you're in a profession where you're having to be out in public and a lot of people are stressing because they have to stay home and you kind of wish you were staying home. And if you're one of those people, we just want to thank you. We just want to honor your commitment and let you know you're doing God's work. If you're in the healthcare or in the service industry or you're driving a truck or any one of the other professions that we are just coming to recognize now are so incredibly essential we just want to thank you for that. But wherever you're at on your journey and whatever you're feeling this weekend, I want to bring you a couple just encouraging words. I want to start by just letting you know and just reminding you some things you know, but just some things to focus on, that the smartest people in the world are working on finding solutions and, and cures and treatments for what we're facing. I want to let you know too, and just remind you, and maybe you haven't thought of this, but there are millions of people praying, and we believe God answers prayer, and, and millions of people who were not praying just a few weeks ago who are discovering the power of prayer in their everyday, regular life, and they're discovering a God who loves them. I want you to know that God is moving spiritually, uh, that, that, that we're seeing him in ways we've never seen him before, and, and that's exciting, and that's encouraging. I want to let you know too that if you just pay attention, you're going to see that the vast majority of people are good people doing the right things, good things, working together, and, and it, we're just blessed to have a community and a country where so many beautiful people are doing beautiful things. And so with all of these things, we want to be realistic about the challenges that we want to face, that we have to face, but we also want to just remind our hearts that we should expect some good things. That's one of the things the church has learned about crisis, you know, throughout history, is that, that, that not only should we expect that we're going to have to face some challenging things in these next weeks and days, 
that we should also expect some unexpected beautiful things to happen too. And, and so I just want to speak to you about that. Now, the passage of Scripture we're looking at in the Gospel of Luke this weekend, again, could not be more perfect because it is all about one of the things that's central to the heart of God that, boy, it's central to the heart of God, and so it's got to be central to our heart. And so it's this, this reality, this truth, and it's simply this. It's simply this truth. Let me go back. Nope. Oh, hitting the wrong button. Ha! I'll get there, church. Don't worry. It's this truth. People matter to God. People matter to God. And in this week, the passage that we're going to read in Luke, we're going to see that people matter to God. And that at the heart of what is at the heart of what God cares about in his creation are people. And, and that when we understand that, we need to understand that people should matter to us as well. And again, that's what makes it so beautiful that we are at this passage of Scripture. Because there is a lot of stuff going on where we're concerned about our jobs, we're concerned about our finances, we're concerned about you know our government and all the things going on. But at the end of the day, we need to come back and remember that before anything else, what we need to make our priority is looking at what's right in front of us and asking ourselves, what do we need to do to meet the needs of people. Now, now I, I get the whole thing of, 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 of this struggle when we can't be with people, but, but here's a challenge I want to lay out. I really believe that we as the Church of Jesus Christ need to find a way to be high touch even though we can't touch. We can't literally touch each other right now, but we can be a church that metaphorically is reaching out to touch in ways we never have before. We need to be a church that is making an impact and connecting in deeper ways than we ever have before. And so we're going to have to be creative. Like take this message I'm giving right now. The truth is I'm speaking to a room with almost nobody in it. There's just a few, very few people being here in this room to hear this message, write this in this place. But in my heart, Man, I have been praying and thinking and imagining all week. I, I can see you in my mind's eye in, 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 in your living room or, or driving in your car as you're listening to it or watching on your, your computer in your PJs or whatever it is. I have seen the church in my heart and in my mind, and I feel a connection to you. I, 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 as I pray for you, I'm just overwhelmed. In some respects, I feel like I'm seeing the church for the first time, and she is absolutely beautiful. And I just want to say something to you, just from my heart and just the deepest conviction that we are going to get through this. And, and hear this, we are going to get through this together. And, and the more we do this together, the better it is going to be. There are going to be some real and profound challenges, and we just need to be honest about this. We're at the beginning of this. We, we have got some struggling days ahead of us. We're at the beginning, but here, here's the thing. There will be some challenges, but there will also be some opportunities and some blessings that God will surprise us with. And so as we support each other and stay confident and, 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 and loving with each other, we should just be amazed that we can address our difficulties and also seize the opportunity to be the church of Jesus Christ in ways we've never seen before. Now, in order to illustrate this thing of 
people mattering to God, that we're supposed to make it about people. We're supposed to be high touch, even though we can't touch. Jesus brought some parables, these little stories that illustrate that people matter to God. And, and the cool thing and interesting about these three stories is one has to do with a guy and his job, a shepherd. Another one had to do with a lady and her money, a law, a coin. And then, then the third had to do with a father and his family. And Jesus told these three stories together, and his big point is, is to get <coughs> people who did not understand to understand that people matter to God. Let's go ahead and take a look at these three stories Jesus had. Now, the first one, uh, and let, let me give you the context of why Jesus told this story. Now look at verse 1 of, of Luke chapter 15. He says, now the tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to him. Now, now this is one of the cool things that actually is happening right now. People are looking for God. Let, let me just give you a, a couple illustration. In the last week, I have heard from all kinds of friends, some of which I haven't heard from for 30 years, and they are more spiritually aware, more spiritually curious than they ever have been before. And, and they're asking about God. The Wall Street Journal, and then I just saw in the Washington Post today, there are articles questioning whether or not this is going to lead to a spiritual awakening. Even our services, although we have no one on our campus uh, for these services uh, to speak of, we have actually had hundreds and even over a thousand people more engage in our services than we have the weeks before when we weren't, well, now that we can't meet together. We are connecting with resources in ways that we've never had before. God is at work, and I'm convinced there are more believers in Jesus Christ who are praying in ways they never have before, and there are people who are far away from God who are turning to God in the most profound way. The church, not just our church, but churches throughout the country are innovative in finding more and creative ways to be the church with people in real time. Even within our own church, there are hundreds of people who are using their gifts and their talents and reaching out through social media and, and through phones and all the other things to minister to each other in the most profound way. Many people have been praying for years that God would bring a spiritual awakening, that he would bring a revival. And I pray that it would be the case, but we need to be careful that we don't pray the prayer that, God, I want you to bring a spiritual revival, but only if it's convenient for me. Only if it doesn't cost me anything. But, but, but maybe what God is saying is I'm going to turn the world upside down so that people can turn back to me, and that will actually turn the world right side up. So, so, so God is at work, and so we're seeing God do some great work. But then in verse 2, look what we see. We see, and the Pharisees, and so the Pharisees are, are like the religious leaders, and the scribes, that is to say those ones who, whose whole job was to know the scriptures so well that they could write them, grumbled. Look what it says. They grumbled. And, 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 and I get it. We've been kind of locked up now for coming up on a week, and some of us even longer than that. And so the temptation for us now is to start to grumble. It's to find something settling into our heart that's not going to be life-giving. It could be negativity. It could be some paranoia about conspiracy theories and all those kinds of things like that. It could be some anger about something, how things are handled or why didn't people get in top of this or what this party or that political party is doing or what they're not doing and, 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 and the grumbling that could take place about 
everything that we could do. And, and we need to guard our hearts against this. And we need to make sure that we don't find ourselves embracing that kind of negativity. But it says the Pharisees in the scriptures, they were grumbling and they were saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. And so these were the religious people who were saying, you know, they were not seeing that the tax collectors and the sinners were turning back to God. Instead, they were just focused on what they were losing. They were focusing on what they didn't have. They were focusing uh, on the fact that they, they were afraid. Now, they wouldn't have admitted they were afraid, but Jesus scared them because he was changing everything. He was including people that they didn't want to include. They, he was challenging their most deeply held beliefs, their most profound sources of security and identity, and they didn't like it. And so they started finding things to grumble about. And if that's where you're at, if you're afraid and you're not willing to acknowledge your fear and bring it to God, you might find yourself grumbling. And you'll find something to grumble about. You'll find the right article or the, the right situation. You might even have a point in the things that you're grumbling about. But, but our grumbling will get us focusing on issues we can't control and things that are beyond us rather than coming back and saying, okay, what can I do for the benefit of the people who God has put in my life, in my immediate family, in my neighborhood, in my sphere of influence? What can I do to love people? Now, to illustrate this, Jesus tells three stories. This is awesome. He says, so he told them this parable. And remember, Jesus tells these stories because it's his way of coming at them sideways, disarming them, knocking them off their certainty, touching their hearts so that their minds will change. And so look what it says. It said, so Jesus told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one he has lost until he's found them? And so he's saying, listen, we got to be careful because when important things get lost, we will give an all-out effort to find them. And so he tells the story. He says, the guy's got sheep. And so he's counting his sheep. He's paying attention to sheep. He's inventorying sheep. He's missing a sheep. And so he goes through this great effort to find this sheep. And what you're going to see is that all three of these stories, all three of these little parables have, have this pattern in common. Something really valuable gets lost, okay? An all-out effort is, is put to the, put, brought forward to find that thing that was lost, and when they're found, there's an incredible sense of joy and celebration. And so what we see here is, is that, that the first story is about a man who, who finds a sheep. What happens? And when he had found it, he lays it on his shoulder, rejoicing, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found the sheep that was lost. Now, now look at the second story. The second story has to do with money. He says, just so I tell you there will be more... I'm sorry, let me finish this. Just so I tell you there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous person in need of repentance. And so what he's saying is people matter to me and people coming back to me, that's what it's all about. Now, look at the next story. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one, does she not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and her neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. 
just so I tell you, there's joy before the angels and God over one sinner who repent. And so he tells this second story about this woman. She has 10 coins, and you get the idea. One of the other gospels calls her a widow. So this is like probably all she has to live on, and she loses one of them. And so she goes on this all-out search, this Herculean effort to find that which is lost. And when she finds it, she rejoices. And in both these stories, he, he's trying to get the, those grumblers in the back to recognize that when important things get lost, it's worth an all-out search to find them, and there's joy when they are found. And, 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 and what he really wants us to understand is that the one thing that we can't afford to lose during this time, and, 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 and the one thing that is priority is we can't afford to lose people. Because people matter to God. And it would be a very easy time, right? It'd be a very easy time for people to get lost, for them to be isolated, for them to be forgotten, for them to get overwhelmed with fear and despair. And so, church, we've got to be better than we've ever been before at counting sheep and figuring out who's not there and going after them. We've got to be better than we ever have before. If we've lost one of the treasures of the people, calling them and reaching out to them and finding out if they're all right so that we can love them the way Christ would. Now he tells one more story, and this is one of the best-known stories in the Bible. And he said there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. And we know the story. The, the son took the stuff and he went out and he got crazy and wild living and, and all kinds of stuff. And then when he was in a far off country, he said, man, it, it says, and he came to a census and he said to himself, boy, my father's house, even his servants are well taken care of. I will rise up and I'll go back to my father. And I'll say, father, I've sinned. I've messed everything up but I need you. Treat me like one of your servants. And we know the story. He came, and his father was sitting, looking down the road, longing for him, waiting for him. And when he returns, he jumps up, meets him at the road, embraces him, covers his face and kisses, and, and says, my son who was lost is found. He's dead. He's alive. And, and he says, kill the bad cast. We are going to have a party, and we're going to have a rejoicing time. I, I just want to stop right now and just say, anybody maybe who's listening to this, and you can identify with that son. And so maybe this is a weekend, this is a time where you realize you've gone far away from your heavenly father. He's just waiting for you to come home. He's just waiting for you to return to him. He just wants you to know that, that he, he just wants to rejoice and celebrate. You say, if I go back to God, there's going to be a lot of you know, shame and condemnation. Not from God. Not from God. He, what you're going to get from God is, is delight that you have come home. And maybe this whole unsettling of the whole world has brought you to a point that, man, I just, I just, I need God. Well, then you're in a great place. Then, then, then this is one of the beautiful things that God can bring out of the world being turned upside down. Now, the thing about this story that's interesting is most of the time we tend to call this story the prodigal son, but there are actually two sons in this story, and this story is actually about the second son. Let's take a look. It said, now his older son, remember he had two sons, was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard the music and the dancing. He heard the celebration, and, and because he was a grumbler, because he was full of entitlement and resentment and all the different things like that, the sound of celebration 
was not a sound of joy for him. And, and this is what he said. When he heard the music and dancing, and he called one of the servants, and he asked, what are these things, and what do they mean? And, he, and the servant said to him, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. You see the anger? See, it becomes very easy, particularly when we're afraid, particularly when we feel like our needs aren't being met, or people don't understand, when we don't have a place to bring all these things we're feeling, we're feeling light, lonely or isolated. It's, it's easy to let those things get our thinking in just a broken, toxic way. And that's exactly what can go on with us. But that was exactly what was going on with these Pharisees and these teachers of the law and, and, and the ones who were standing in the back, grumbling, upset, that people who didn't meet their qualifications were coming back to Jesus. Look what it says. He was angry and he refused to go in. That is to say, the anger, the attitude pushed away comfort, pushed away solace, pushed away hope, embraced negativity, became just in, in the most broken way a person trapped in their own certainty. And, and, and Jesus is telling this story to try to get through to them. I just wonder, as he was teaching the crowd, if he didn't keep looking back to those Pharisees and the Sadducees in the back. If he didn't just keep looking up at them and trying to capture their eyes, he was trying to capture their heart. It says, his father came out and, and, and entreated him. But he answered his father, look at these many years I have served you and have never disobeyed you and your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. And so what you see in the young son is this resentment. He, he is facing disappointment. He is facing law, law, uh, loss. He's, he's feeling that, that I've been faithful, I've done the right things, and now this unfair thing, this hard thing, this bad thing has happened. And, and it, it just makes him angry. And, and what it's doing is it's driving him to this dark place of anger, resentment. It can lead to isolation. It, it can meet, lead to all kinds of just, just broken thinking. It can get us to the point that we start feeling like we need to protect ourselves or we need to, we need to it'll give us permission to reject people or not care about people and, and, and blame and all kinds of things that are going to rot your soul and aren't going to help at all. And so, so, so we see that. But look what, what Jesus says. He says, but when this son of yours came who had devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. And so he just starts laying on these harsh words and these, these, these nasty condemnation and it's full of blame and accusation. He takes the truth and he blows it up to something bigger. If this were on Facebook, it would be a tweet. It would be this nasty thing that, that he would send out on, uh, in the most horrible way. And it says, and he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. You hear what he's saying here? And I just wonder at this point again, if he didn't look back at those Pharisees and he said to them, listen, my sons, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. But there's something going on here bigger. It is about people, and people matter to me. It is about their redemption, and I'm doing things that are deep and profound. And I know you're hurting, and I know you're disappointed, and I know you're afraid, but I want you to understand that the most important things is that I'm with you. And, and the same offer I give to them, to these, these people who are coming back in, are what I'm giving to you. You have the love of the Father. He brings them back to the most basic and fundamental truth that we're going to find. 
He says it was fitting to celebrate. He says it makes sense to celebrate and be glad for your brother was dead and now he is alive. He was lost and now that he's found. And so he's calling him to this place of of seeing his work for people and and being free from the entitlement and the anger and, and all the thing that is inside of us that's causing us to live small and bringing us back to this truth that people matter to God. You see, there are going to be some things lost in these days. And, and I, I want to be honest with you, things are going to change, and there's a lot of uncertainty. And when there's uncertainty, fear goes up. And so that's why right now the best thing for us to do is just take one day at a time. Let's not look down the road too far. So what are we supposed to do one day at a time? Well, we're supposed to love each other. We're supposed to look out for each other. We're supposed to care for each other. We're supposed to do the right things. We're supposed to obey our civil authorities, those ones that God has put over us. The Bible is very clear that we're supposed to do the things that our government is telling us to do. We're supposed to honor the, the safe at home and, and the hand washing and, the, and the, the, the closing of the different businesses. And there's a lot that's, that's very frightening about that. But, but, but what we're supposed to do in the interim is say, okay, today, what can I do today? I can live well, I can pray, and I can find ways to love people. we got to ask ourselves the question, who is getting lost? We're, we're so concerned, I think, about what's getting lost, and I get it, that's real. we got to ask ourselves the question, who's getting lost? Who are the people out there who we need to go after because they matter to God? Now, now so, so, so what I want to talk to you about is, is what we need to do to stay high touch when we can't touch. What can we do to stay high touch when we can't touch? Here's some of the things you could do. You could make a list. Make a list of people. Just ask God, start giving me names. And make a list of 10 people. Maybe there's an older aunt or an older uncle or someone you haven't talked to. You just wonder, I wonder if anybody checked in on them. I wonder if anybody, or just someone you know who maybe is really vulnerable. Someone who maybe is real, real real people person and now they can't be around people or maybe someone who's a real doer and maybe there's not a lot to do that can be one of the biggest struggles that there's a whole lot of just kind of waiting and you know they've probably already cleaned their house 10 times and now they're looking for something else Uh, make a list and then reach out to them you can you can call them there's this thing called a telephone that we use for texting you know there's a feature that you can actually hit numbers and you can talk to them That would be a phone call, and we probably need to get back to some of that. And we can FaceTime, and we can Zoom, and we can Facebook. Take time every day to reach out. And and maybe you're the kind of person, you can reach out to three people, and that's all you got in you. But maybe you're the kind of person, you could reach out to ten people. See, what am I supposed to do? Well, Well, you ask them how you're doing, and then you listen to them. You listen to them. You don't give any opinions. You don't tell them what you read. You ask how they're doing. You don't try to correct what they're saying that's wrong. You don't try to change their attitude or tell them how they feel. You just listen to them, and you let them get it out, and then you pray with them. Hey, can we pray about this? And, and then you stay positive. Some other things you can do is, is you can help us as a church. So we as a church this last week, we called our seniors, and just beautiful stuff happened out of that, and we continue to call and reach out and meet the needs of those ones. And, and the, this week, we're going to start, and it's going to take us probably two, three, maybe longer than that week's, we're going to call everybody on our database. And so we've got um, many of our volunteers who are just coming and say, I want to help. Well, what we need to do is we need to check in and say, why are we doing that? Well, because we're counting sheep. And we're finding out if any of our sheep are lost. If any of our sheep are in a place where, you know, golly, they, 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 they're just isolating. They're getting real negative. 
or maybe they're getting depressed, or maybe they're getting afraid. We're going to reach out to them, and then we're going to connect them with all the incredible resources that are out there. There are so many good things we can do during this time, and, and we're going we're gonna to call every single one of them. You know what else we're going to do? It's, and I, I just hear me now, everybody. We need to make our small groups happen. And, and there's platforms like Facebook and, and other things like that. But, but we've, we've gone to a great effort to show you how to use this tool called Zoom. And you can actually get all the pictures of all the people in your group. And, 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 and you say, that just sounds unreal. And it doesn't sound like it's going to be personable. And, and we're all going to have to learn how to do it. And, and yet, it, I, as I've been on so many of these calls this week, seeing people's face and just asking, how are you doing? And how are you doing? And actually learning to pray in Zoom, it is healing. It is important. I want to just encourage small group leaders, if you haven't yet, make your group come together. And let me just say something to the small group leaders. Because our small group leaders in this church this week have been absolutely amazing. You guys have been calling your people. I've called some of you and said, hey, how are your people doing? And you had talked to every one of them. You had checked on them. You knew which ones were not doing good and needed some care. And you knew the ones who were doing great. And you're just speaking life into them. I just want to say thank you to you and to the care ministers in our church, you who are staff and volunteers, just as the dozens and dozens of people. Thank you for helping me shepherd this church and pastor this church. We need you. I need you. God is using you. Way to go. This week, if you push it off, learn how to do this. Um, we're, we're looking for some folks who maybe can help because there, there may be some, some seniors or some technically challenged people who are struggling to make it work. But some of you are like computer people and your IT people. If you went to our website, jacobswellchurch.church, and you clicked, hey, I want to help, and you put on the bottom there, I'm a computer person, and you know how to talk someone through how to set something up on their computer, you could really help a person who's all alone not be so alone. That's people mattering to God. And so there's all kinds of creative ways. We got people shopping for people. We got people checking in. But, but we need to make our groups happening. This week, we're going to have four prayer groups going on starting Monday. There's going to be four days where, four, four opportunities where you can come to a Zoom room and you can join the other people there. And we're going to start praying because one of the things we've got to do, church, is pray, 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 pray. I want to encourage you, use the tools. Go to jacobswellchurch.church. Use the stuff we've put on there. For these weekend services, fully engage. I know it's a little different. You're in your room. You're in your, your, your um, you know, uh, living room. Uh, some of you are in your PJs, whatever it is. But just fully engage. Call the family together. Sing with the worship team. Pray when we pray. We're a couple weeks out from Easter. And let me just tell you, we're going to be doing Easter virtually. And we're putting together some incredible special things for Easter. And so I'm going to encourage you, start making plans for Easter now, okay? This should be good and healthy for your family. If you've got family who you can't be with, and I know a lot of you have people who you can't be with. Maybe because they're in a different part of the country. I talked to one family that got, has one child in New York and another one in San Francisco, and, and, and they're praying, okay? You need to pray for them. And maybe you just can't be, I've got a son who he's out doing essential work, and so he can't come to our house because we've got some other issues that are keeping him from doing that, some vulnerable people in our home. And so um, we're, we're figuring out ways to do Easter with him. And so, so it might look like you're saying, okay, we're going to FaceTime while everybody's eating, and they're going to eat there, and we're going to eat here, and we're going to have dinner together. We're going we're gonna to create a, a, a viewing party, and we're going to watch church together. We're all going to get up, we're going to get dressed, and we're going to do church in our living room or wherever we can do it together. And, and we're going to go into this effort, one, because Jesus is worthy. He still rose from the dead, remember? 
And, and not only that, we're just going to make it positive and fun, and, and, and we need to do that. And, and fully engage in it. Students, do youth group every week, same time. Uh, uh, Jordan and Grace, they are there. It's interactive. It, it, you guys are so far away, uh, so far ahead of us on this technology. Just make it happen. Jacob Squall Kids is going to have a message for us in just a minute. And man, they're blowing it off, uh, off the charts. So many resources online. Go outside, meet your neighbors. I was out yesterday, I sent an email to my entire neighborhood association, so like 40 homes. I just said, hey, I'm praying for you. If any of your seniors need help, let us know. We can shop for you. I'm going to be out this day, and I've got my chainsaw. I've got some trees that had to be cleaned up because they fell. And if you need help, I'll help you with cut down your trees. And, and I met a bunch of my neighbors this, this last Friday in my yard, cleaning up my yard. And, and it was awesome. We sat six, seven, eight, ten feet away, and, and, and we just talked and was able to share community, fellowship, and the love of God with those folks. And they asked me spiritual questions. It's a great opportunity. Be proactive. Do stuff every day. You know, on church. you're going to find all kinds of helpful resources, not just spiritual, not just the prayer podcast, but you're going to find stuff on unemployment, on how to vote. Uh, you can get your, 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 your early voting, uh, your absentee ballots, how you can help or how you can get help. On social media, start limiting that, start limiting the news, just get a little news a day. But when you're on there, post encouraging stories, share good memories, don't spread gossip and conspiracy theories and advice that is not from trusted sources. You know, don't spread any advice, by the way, of anybody who's telling you to ignore our duly elected government leaders who God has placed in authority over us, okay? Part of being a responsible Christian is following those who govern us. And so we got to do this all together. It's a call to be a good citizen. Um, and, and don't become a lost sheep. If, if you're just checking in and you're listening to this and you're not returning calls, you're not returning emails, you're not returning texts, stop that. Just there are people who love you, who are concerned about you, care. Let them reach out and be proactive in this so we can get this all together. Not only will it help them, but we need you. We need you to be with us. And church, be in prayer. This is a call to pray. We are going to be praying. We're using our prayer podcast. Uh, you'll find a link for something called Dwell on church on the coronavirus page. It is free right now. It is scripture. It is prayer. All kinds of tools are being created to pray. We got some Zoom room prayer events coming up. We've got prayer podcasts. This week, Roxanne and I are going to record a short bedtime prayer time for families and, 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 and just expect God to, to get us through the challenges and the difficult times, which are very real, but also expect God to do some unexpected beautiful things because that's just the way he has done. This is not the first crisis the people of God have faced. Not even close. You know that, right? It's just obvious. And Every time it happens, things do change, and things will change, okay? But also, some unexpected, beautiful things happen. Some hard things are faced, some challenges overcome, and if we do this together, we will do so much better than anybody who will fly apart and go their own way because people matter to God. Let's make sure nobody gets lost. Let's make sure nobody gets lost. Let's make it about people and about high touch, even though we can't touch. So the last question I want to ask you is, what's being found? Well, what's being found is a new perspective on how blessed we are and all that we have. I'm so grateful for my house and my yard and my family. I'm, I'm blown away. I'm so grateful for our country, for our governor, for our president, for these people who certainly aren't doing everything perfect, 
but they're leading us with character and integrity. I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for the new need I find in my own life for God and spiritual renewal. I'm praying more than I have in a long time. And I actually, prayer's pretty established in my life. And so it's a powerful thing. I, I'm, what's else is being found? A deeper awareness that we're not in control. And it's okay that we're not in control because we can trust God. What's being found? A connection and love for our families. A commitment to prayer. A unity among people of goodwill who are working together. The churches are working together. I'm meeting in, through Zoom rooms with pastors and encouraging. It's just a good thing. And what else is being discovered is gratitude. Gratitude for you in the medical community, for you in the service industry, for truck drivers, for those who our society, again, is just beginning to realize are truly essential. And so God is doing some good stuff, but it's got to be about people because people matter to God. Let's pray together, and then we're going to hear from our Jacob's Well kids. Father, we as your people want to pray, and we want to pray particularly for those parts of this world in our country that have been hardest hit. We think of New York and San Francisco and now New Orleans and Italy and those other places As we pause for a moment, everyone who's praying with me, lift up someplace God has put on your heart. And God, we pray for those people who are on the front lines who have to be out because they are essential. They are doing things to serve us, whether it be medical or or service or whatever. We just lift them up. Everybody who's hearing me and praying with me, lift up someone who's on the front line right now. And Father, we pray for those who are sick. Father, we pray for those who maybe have a flu and they don't know if it's something more serious or the corona or those who maybe some of us are coming to know though there are people who've gotten this virus. We just stop right now and just wherever you're at listening, just pray for someone who you know who's sick. And Father, we pray for those who are separated from those that they love. Father, maybe because there's distance, maybe because they are sick or in a nursing home and they would love to hug them and hold them and they can't, We just pray for those who are separated from those he loves. And everyone who's hearing and praying with me, pray for someone who's separated from someone they love. And Father, we would pray for those who have lost loved ones, who have actually had people they love die, and because we cannot gather, they cannot gather to grieve, and, and they're burdened deeply in that. In Jesus' name, we just stop right now, and we pray for anyone who has lost a loved one at this time. Father, we pray for anyone who has lost something they were looking forward to. Maybe it was a wedding or a graduation or a business opportunity that now all of a sudden is just gone. And Father God, I just pray that you would be their comfort. Would each one of us who's praying with me, just as we pause, pray for someone who's lost something that they were looking forward to. And we pray for those filled with anxiety over the economy or illness or uncertainty or their kids or whatever. We just pause would everyone who's hearing this prayer now pray now for someone they know who's filled with anxiety and struggling? Maybe pray for yourself. Lord, have mercy. And we pray for our leaders in government, in business, in our state, in our local, in our communities, in our law enforcement. As we pause, would you just pray for, for someone or some group that is leading us right now in this difficult, challenging time? And we pray for those who are alone who are isolating. Would you just stop right now and pray for someone? Let God put someone in your heart and not just pray for them, but ask God if you aren't supposed to reach out to them this week and maybe even this day.
Father, we began this time of just lifting up glory to your name. And Lord Jesus, we declare that you sit at the right hand of the Father. And because of that, we ask you to hear your pr our prayers so that you can bring them to the Father. Hear all these prayers and hear our heart. And teach us, Father, to love you and to love each other. Help us to make sure nobody gets lost in these days. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.